Hello, welcome to the new episode of Supplycast, the podcast from the Healthcare Suppliers Association. Today, I have a first a first timer on the podcast. It's Emma James. Hi, Hi. Emma. Hiya. Thank you for agreeing to do this. You're welcome, you, uh, I think. You, you're just telling me how <laughs> delighted you were to, <laughs> before I pressed record. So it, it occurred to me just before I sat down to do this, that I haven't done what I would call a traditional supply cast for a while. And I don't know why, but it feels like a long time since we've had a first timer on, on, on the podcast, because I don't, it's been a while since I've asked someone to explain how they got to where they are, which is always what we do in someone on the first time. And it's definitely been a while since we've whisked someone off the design supplies at the, um, at the end of the podcast. But the reason why you're on today before we get into the full, uh, you know, me at the podcast is because this is going out, this episode is going out on International Women's Day. If you are listening to this podcast on the day it is released, which you should be, because you should be, you know, just sitting there with bating breath, waiting for a new episode, then <laughs> um, then, it will, then it will work even better because this is skewered towards uh, International Women's Day and also what the HTSA is currently doing in terms of its uh, women's network, which we are going to be talking about. But Emma, because it is your first time on, the first thing is, can you tell me about where you work and what you do there? I'm the Director of Procurement and Supply Chain over at Nottingham University Hospitals. I've been here just uh, just under three years, actually my three-year anniversary next week. So that, I'm looking forward to that. Um, and as you said, quite rightly, I've, I've come on today to highlight some of the International Women's Day, but also this is my first time, so... Yes, be gentle with me. <laughs> I'm not sure so, what to expect. <laughs> so the first thing we do is, is I start off with just trying to find out about how you actually came into the industry, how you came into procurement, yeah. NHS procurement. Usually what people tend to say, and I don't, I have no idea whether it's going to be the same answer you're going to give me, is people tend to sort of fall into it and then stay in it. Um, did you fall into it or, or what was your mm-hmm. career path? How did you come into um, it? I hate to say it, but I did fall into it. Yeah. Um, I'll give you the story. So I, I, I was flitting about after university and not sure what I wanted to do. I'd As everyone does. Around. I do, everyone yeah. Everyone flits so around after uni, don't they? They do, if, until you decide what you want to do. I thought, oh, well, I'll be a teacher. I thought that's what I've done everything around. But when I did my last lot of uh, work experience at uni, I was like, not sure this is for not me. Sure about that. I yeah. don't think I could have that balance of having a lot of 14, 15 year olds swearing at me in class, if, especially if I wanted to teach English. I thought, mm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I thought, what am I going to do instead? So I, I took on some um, agency work and um, a couple of uh, call centers. And then I ended up in a call center, uh, customer services, working for Yorkshire Purchasing Organization, uh, well known now as YPO. Mm-hmm. And stayed there for a bit because I thought pretty I pretty much enjoy this and if you don't Mm -hmm. know Yorkshire Purchasing Organisation YPO it deals with mainly schools and local authorities but it's a it's a very large buying hub um and uh so I was worked there for a couple of well for a few months and then um some roles came out and a couple of the the couple of roles came out which one was a contracts officer and uh, a supply chain assistant Mm-hmm. and the, I looked through the contracts office and I thought we need SIPs I wonder what this is and oh well, you can help with the contracts in buying with suppliers I thought well I'm quite good at talking to people and um, and then somebody uh, one of the directors of procurement saw me looking at the notice board and said oh are you interested in those I said oh yes but I'm not quite there yet and I'd like to be interested and 
then to about two days later I'd called me up into his office and he had a little office in the exec suite and he said <laughs> right what is it that you want to do because I've been talking to your boss and she says you've got a degree and you're really happy you're really positive you're really enthusiastic and quite ambitious and I was like I'm not sure now and he says right well there's a supply chain role going for you why don't you think about going for that so I said oh great I'll is and he said why don't you go sit with the team and see what it is so I went and sat with the team and I thought oh, I really like this and back in the day they used to have these big printed sheets like this and they used to come off this old printer overnight and I used to take a wedge like this and go through it and order what I needed to order for the next 12 months and write down I used to look after toilet rolls um so estates and facilities some, my some, kind of area. that's god's own work you're doing there <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, know. I, I, uh, I once ordered, uh, we once had to, uh, I once ordered a, a lorry load that came in um, and it came back that we could only fit in less than like two pallets. And I got called into another office and said, why have you ordered all this? I was like, because it'll all go out of stock within two days. Cause it's just as people coming back off holiday. So yeah. Um, yeah. Or going on anyway. So um, that's where I started. So from, humble beginnings I'd say but I've started right in the supply chain teams mm -hmm. working my way up through materials management and I suppose contracts officer at YPO then I did some business partnering and then went back to contracts and then I left for the NHS and when was so that that's, when was so that? that's only that was only 2014 15 so All right. okay I joined yep. the NHS so mm -hmm. when this goes out people will know I'm not an NHS through and through <laughs> <laughs> they won't hold it against you it'll be they won't it'll, it'll it be fine me. it'll be fine yeah um, yeah but when when I was I was gonna say when I was at YPO all I did was you know putting the frameworks in place and supporting the category management team and actually making sure leading the suppliers with any negotiations and things so frameworks I suppose and buying is my bread and butter what would you actually I was gonna I was gonna ask you I'll ask this in a minute because initially I was you was talking about you thought about going into going into teaching did you do the yeah. teacher training did you know that so yeah I know a lot of people who did teacher training and then did a little yeah. bit of a got to experience actual teaching and then thought no <laughs> no well, I was very fortunate having friends colleagues and family um and quite a, a good network of so I did quite a lot of um work experience through high school college and uni um partly because I didn't want to have that stop when it was so mm. I thought what I'll do is I'll work while I'll get the training so I was going to do the initial teacher training it was something yeah. so I thought I'd work whilst I did the last year um obviously that didn't happen I went to the day no. as well the open day signed up for everything and then I got the job at YPO and decided to stay there to stay there yeah. when you went into um the NHS then what was the immediate differences that you noticed were there any going into the NHS yeah, there's quite a lot. I mean, I went into an OECPC, so um, going from, I suppose, a local authority hub, as it was, into the NHS, my immediate is there was quite a lot of move already into social value. There was already quite a move into some of the um, sustainability and all, and all this kind of stuff. And then when I went into the NHS, actually, we were very much focused on cost savings, value and driving that kind of competitive edge, whereas I think they'd already scoped out a little bit within the local authority. So it wasn't quite behind, but the focus was rather different 
And I suppose that's because the patients came first and it was around the patients. So there was already quite a priority. Whereas I think local authority, there was now already a natural drive to start moving away sure. into the social value aspect, which is you know more and more coming into what we need to be doing, especially around the um, net zero, et cetera, and all those kinds of sustainable um, requirements that the NHS is now focusing on. Uh, you have a have had for a bit of time now a close involvement with the HCSA. Um, yes. And one of the things that you're involved in at the moment is you're you're on the Women's Network. I am. And uh, National Council. Yep. And so in terms of the Women's Network, one thing I wanted to ask you initially, and I've sat in on the initial meetings of that, and they've been very well, um, you know, they've been very well observed and they've been, um, you know, th there's been lots of people on them uh, and the enthusiasm for that new network is, is is quite clear to see one of the things i wanted to ask you about is you know in those discussions that there's been everyone's been kind of you know talking about what they've encountered and what they what they've seen as particular issues around um, diversity or uh, as women working in in procurement and what they've encountered or what people they know about story that they've heard etc um is do you have as a woman in procurement, it's been a woman in procurement and in NHS. Was there anything in particular that you thought, where you thought, you know, you've you've faced any particular problems yourself, which have really highlighted it to you, or is it more stories that you've heard around you? No, I think I think quite most, or if not all, women in senior leadership within the NHS will be able to tell a story or two. Mm. Um. And each an individual story that you share and you hear here are very personal to that individual. And yeah. when I, well, set, I put the first meeting into to get the network for the women's network itself for HSA, because mm. um, I, I just I, ha I have the network to be able to do it and got the lady got the women into the call of the ladies all together and we talked mm. about it. We all shared some of those stories, um, and I shared a couple of mine. And you know, it, it's just I, I am a woman uh, yes. I'm, I'm relatively young um yep. blonde hair I'm quite um <laughs> you, you'd be surprised though um I would say because I'm an extrovert so quite clearly I'm happy to go into a room and talk to people sure um and I've not let any of those things hold me back but I know full well I've had a much harder time than male peers and colleagues who are the same age or have the same qualifications, et cetera. I feel like I've had to work harder to be able to put that across. You know, I've, I got mm. my SIPs. I went straight on and got a master's in procurement law and policy. I'm currently finishing my MBA. Mm -hmm. I'll be looking at doing something else after that. And, and that's number one, I don't ever think you stop learning. And I think everybody should mm -hmm. be encouraged to do continual professional development, no matter what age, no matter what yeah. level. But that's another story. But there's also a driver in me, which is to prove that I am good enough. And, and it doesn't matter how old I am, or it doesn't matter that I'm a woman. It doesn't matter how blonde hair, I'm an extrovert. It, it, actually, that I know I'm good at my job, and that's mm -hmm. why I'm here today. I have the qualifications to support and support that knowledge and support, I suppose, give me that confidence in that room. But going back to your question, I think we've all got those stories. Mm. Um, and I've number of times I've walked into meetings and it's just men. 
or it's men of a certain age or yeah. it's you know there's women in there who have been spoken over a number of times and yet I know for a fact that you know what they've just said is repeated then by a male colleague and then I hear somebody else say oh that's a really great idea and I have to stop the meeting and say that's what you know that's exactly what Sherry's just said or whatever mm. and say that's that's where we need to be that's what we need to be doing let's go back to that point and talk around it but I also have examples of where I've gone into rooms and no, been spoken over. <laughs> this one, mm-hmm. I have to stop meetings and say this, you know, and I have, I have a history of saying or calling out inappropriate behaviours. Unconscious bias, you have to pick and choose when, but there is unconscious bias happening every single day. We're all guilty of it. Um, and it's about pointing that out too and just reflecting on that with colleagues, with peers, not necessarily in the meeting, but after meetings and saying that do you think that worked right do you think that was do you think that's how it should go or do you know mm. that that's what they felt and it's getting people to reflect on those and that's the only way we're going to change those behaviors is actually talking about it and then thinking how do we then improve upon that so I'm not going to share the ex- examples personal examples but I'll I will share those kind of generalisms that it happens to us all and both male and female but talking specifically around the women's network yeah um yeah it's interesting because one of the things that came up in those meetings, which is kind of an aspect of what you're talking about, is so-called imposter syndrome. But to me, imposter syndrome yeah. is something within someone where they kind of it can be there can be a variety of reasons for this, but obviously in a workplace it can be because of how people are made to feel. Um, imposter syndrome is someone feeling that they're not good enough to be in the position they are. Um, and yeah. and they're kind of in somehow different to that. So there's that's a kind of internal feeling. But of course, then there's the aspect of that where, where some people make themselves feel like that, but a lot of people feel that way because of how they're being made to feel by the people around them, which I guess is what you're what you're talking about there. That you're yeah, being yeah. made to feel as if you're not, you know, you, are you good enough to be here because you're, you know, because you're different. You look different to the other people in the room. Yeah, uh, but I, I think that is, I think that's a little, I still think it's a balance because you, you, I'm awfully critical on myself. So I or yeah. I, I internally criticise myself um, and that's just my personality. So I will go over conversations 10 times before I rethink, oh, that was a good conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and I think imposter syndrome is very, is very, is very much like that. So it can, you know, sometimes not reflect your circumstance. It cannot necessarily reflect um, the meeting that you're in and it might just be that that's the way that you're feeling because of personal circumstance for example mm-hmm. or personal experience or whatever um, but then there is like, definitely times where you walk into somewhere and you think should I be here look at everybody and then there's that yeah. kind of self-doubt um, would, would and we all say, have to live with that would you say that the period that you've been in NHS procurement would you say that things in the period in which you've been there, would you say that things feel as if they've gotten better since you first started? They're the same or or even possibly worse? <laughs> uh, that's a good one. So I think that's I think that's a very interesting question in the fact that, you know, it's changing, but very, it's changing slowly, but we're getting there. And I think we've gone through periods and bursts of so for example, when I joined um if I want to use the HSA it was seen very much as an old boys club and some mm-hmm. people still reflect those comments but then look at where we are today 
you yeah. know, a women's network talking about women's issues. We're having a uh, a conference at the end of May just to discuss that. We're looking at introducing learning development to support um, support women. And I think these are we're not saying anything's wrong. We're saying actually there's still improvements to go and there's things mm. we can do to, to help that happen. And you know, we're talking about women's issues that you know they do affect men, but you know these are pertinent to women and we need to throw that support down and what can we do to that so are we changing yes are we there no are we going at the speed i would like definitely not <laughs> <laughs> but it's happening yeah and and you know i have to reflect on that and say it is changing um and that can only be a good thing it's a good thing for us all i must say in terms of hcsa one one of the things that they always say, don't they, in order to rectify something, that's an issue. You've got to uh, um, be honest that it exists yeah, in the first talk place. about it. And the HTSA, as soon as I started working with the HTSA, one of the things that came up was the fact that um, it was about um, broadening things away from the mentality of being any that's the old boys club and that kind of thing and mm. that was something that was sort of said to me very early on so I think that's one of the first things for people to understand that there's an issue there which I guess is a lot of the issue I mean one of the aspects of the women's network is about educating you know everyone that they, there are issues if they need that education that the issues are there and, that, and they're still there and there's still work to be done yeah yeah and I think the EDI agenda, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I joined the National Council. I'm very, very passionate about it. And I thought I can keep on moaning at the sidelines or I can get in there and help and support. Mm -hmm. So joining the National Council, one of my drivers was to look at the equality, diversity, inclusion, you know, as a whole and say, what can I do to make that difference or what can I do to change that? So one of the things, as I said, driving is supporting and getting the women's network set up and, and put in place you know I've stepped aside we've got Tracy leading that as a brilliant chair and Clara supporting that as the exec sponsor so you know it's it's operating and it's moving forward but I'm, I want to continue that passion I think we really need to look at what else we can do under the equality diversity inclusion because it's it's not just about a women's network mm -hmm. there's so much more and I think the, you know the HSA putting that as one of their priorities over the next couple of years is a, is a great step forward and as you quite rightly say Bruce talking about it and having that open conversation is the first step and we're, we're doing that we're in that process well a big part of that's going to be the the, the first uh, event for the women's network which is 25th of May in mm -hmm. London flood in Regent's Park make sure you've got that noticed on your on your calendar where do you hope things can can go with the women's network I and mean, what's going to be like for you, what's going to be like tangible, um, you know, results from something like that? Is it going to be seeing things change in your in your own workplace over time and, and playing a role in that? Um, is it going to be yeah? Is it going to be kind of what what you experience yourself and feedback that you get from from people? I think there's going to be a what, how do I define it to be a success? Is you know we've we've had even in the first. I would say last 18 to 24 months when since I would say after the turmoil of COVID, but it's not, you know, since we started meeting mm. the, and I've been talking to, you know, across the network within the Midlands and talking to individuals, women and men who have all shared their support for this and that the need for it and wanting to do something about it. And 
and it's great and I think it it needs it needs to obviously be set up and I don't think there'll become a natural point where it just moves into a a, I suppose a a network which is there in terms of I don't know mentoring or coaching train development specific and it might not necessarily the huge steps and change that we're talking about and what we can do or it might just be advisory in terms of bigger issues that you know the HSA Women's Network would comment on but success for me is actually getting the first conference in getting the couple of supporting sure. you know supporting um uh, follow-ups after that which we're going to have some other you know events happening for the rest of the year um and just getting the feedback from that so I don't I don't think I've got a start or an end for it nor do I think I've got what does success look like all I want to be able to do is say if I was you know, going back 10 years and in that position at YPO when I was just starting out and, you know, whether to do SIPs then or whether then to do the degree at Masters a few years later and, or even just to talk to another woman because there was no, you know, I had, my, my, fortunately, I had a woman, uh, women who were my line managers and have, you know, at CPC I had Kath and at UCLH I had Pia. So I've been very fortunate that I've had three very, very strong women um, managers. But at each point in that who else did I have to look up to there was yeah. not that many other women and I think being just even able to do these kind of things that mm-hmm. people up and come in you know the band threes fours five sixes can go actually that could be me in six years seven years if I put my head down and really work hard and yeah. that's what I want to support and that's what success will look like you know more women having that confidence to be able to develop and go through into those management positions that's great, and uh, you, you know what's there's been there's obviously a lot of support from you know amongst the other areas from the centre yeah. in terms of the women's network. So it looks like everyone who's I guess everyone whose ear you want to have in regards to it, um, you know, seems to be available. It's, they seem to be sort I've of been listening, tapping up a lot of them. people. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, and then Tracy you... and Clara have taken that on, so there's a yeah. lot of people who very much yeah. support it. Yeah. I mean, the, the the response is the response has been excellent. There's there's no question about Amazing. that, and there's a lot mm. of passion there, um, driven by the fact that people recognise the work that that needs to be done on that. Um, it, this this podcast is going out on International Women's Day. What what would be your sort of one message to, you know, if you if there's a say there's um someone who's thinking about a lady that's thinking about going into NHS procurement, perhaps in procurement already, they're thinking about going into NHS, another part of supply chain from another part of the public sector, or perhaps they're thinking about going from private sector into public sector, perhaps it's a vocational thing and all that. Yeah. What would you say to them in 2023? Would you say, yeah, go and go and do it. It's a good place to, to come as a woman and, 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 and work now in 2023. I would, but I, I wouldn't say it's never been a bad place to work. Yeah. I think there's there's huge opportunities um, for for both men and women, but definitely for women. There's more, you know. I've heard today that there's looking like there's more women in procurement supply chain than men for the first time ever in NHS uh, in procurement. You know, so in, so there's just so much to do, and there's so much opportunity to do it in. Well, why not? And yeah. you know, if you think you're able to do that role, then blooming go for it yeah. and you know at some point I'd love to see the HSA giving out you know specific support for women on how to do interviews and whether to go how to go for roles and things and and mm-hmm. that can train development and that support which I know we have general ones but you know there is a difference about when a, you know how women applies for roles is the difference how women interview like there is differences in how we negotiate mm-hmm. 
And I think we need to be very careful that we're not trying to just, you know, have the whole of the NHS run by women, because that's not the point. What we're trying to do is encourage more women and say, why not? Um, And I think that would be my message to women. And, you know, it is a great place to work. Um, And there is a lot of support in each individual trust in my organisation. There is. Um, But like I said before, there's work to be done. That's great. Listen, Emma, I'm going, I'm now we're going to hurtle towards the part of the podcast that I haven't been able to hurtle along to for a while. So <laughs> I'm, really, I'm really looking forward to this because I'm going to take you I on. I wish I should have prepared the, for this bit. <laughs> well, it's much better if you don't prepare, oh, no. isn't it? Is it? You know, because if you prepare, you just end up overthinking it and think, and you get caught in that little quandary okay. of, do I give an honest answer or do I give an answer yeah. that's going to sort of project the kind of person I want to project, you know? And, uh, you know, we, we've done it before. I know we've had, uh, I spoke to a, um, a cousin of mine once and he was working on a magazine and as part of the magazine, at the front with the editorial board they like to have people saying as a, as a nice little get to oh, know you a little that. bit yeah, little, the first, yeah, what's your favorite film what's your favorite this what's your favorite <laughs> that and he said that he didn't answer honestly on any of them because he was trying to protect an image to the readership you know I think you know when it came to he wanted for film like he wanted to say please academy but instead I think he, <laughs> he started to pick he picked some sort of foreign language um film instead because he because he thought he might project a more sort of like highfalutin intelligence but so that's why it's much better and I know I know you you we was talking uh earlier just before we we started recording about you did on our weekly um the week the HSA weekly news update which goes out on a Friday I'm uh, still gonna you, fill it in. <laughs> you did about the newsletter Q and A, uh, and about the difficulties in in doing that, which is mind that's you, that's really ten hard. questions. That's ten. Yeah, questions. That is it 10. is quite hard. It I'm, is. I'm sure it I'd is. sort of be. Hmm, who do I, you know, who do I pick? But um, nevertheless, this is Desert Island Supplies. Okay, and it's a little Go bit simpler. It. It's a little bit simpler. You're basically going to the to to our, our little private Desert Island, and there's no one else on it, but there is plenty okay. of food and, and and you know and water so you don't need to worry so about happy. that kind of right. stuff that's to, to keep you alive per se but you can only take one album one movie and one luxury item with you and we usually start off and i'm going to start off again with what would the luxury item be um moisturizer moisturizer Excellent. Mm-hmm. Is that Excellent. a luxury item? I think it is. Uh, yeah, I think it is. I think. Uh, yeah, I have I think, some very I nice moisturisers. You're right. I, I do. Should, I do spend some money on it. So you're, you're right. I, I do agree with you. I mean, <clears throat> I am someone that requires uh, moisturisers, especially after I've shaved. Um, <laughs> and so I am a big fan of moisturisers. I mean, I'd, I'd have to have it. I don't want to get. You I've know. got some posh ones, so it's you yeah. know, if I want to keep this bizarre looking young. <laughs> so you want? So you're taking luxury, a luxury, luxury item. A very luxury, a luxury item, yeah. Item. <laughs> We're yeah. going to let you do that. We'll, do, we'll let you take okay. a. You, you, Thanks. I mean, I don't want to get into my new shade, but you'd probably have to pick one of your luxury, luxury moisturisers. But you could have an enormous um, bat of it to keep you going. That's fine. That's, That's fine. fine. There's a little, there's a, there's a lake out the, the, in the Lake District. There's a shop called the Bathhouse, 
um, I should get advertising for this, really. Um, <laughs> if anybody wants anything which is like, I think it's organic, vegan, locally sourced, etc., mm-hmm. etc., et would recommend go take a look. So there you and go. You'd, re- you'd recommend it for Desert Island as well. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. yeah, yeah. You're gonna go somewhere. Yeah. So, okay. what would be your what what album would you take with you? Uh, I'm I'm a little. I didn't know if you were gonna ask for like film or album. So I think. Oh, film's coming up. I will be asking about. Oh, have you got film? Oh, or book. I've got, yeah. I've got I've got a good book one as well because I read this book quite a lot. So um, albums quite tricky because I have really an eclectic taste. Mm-hmm. Um, if anybody comes to my wedding, which a few people on this might who listen to this might have <laughs> be able to attest to, but uh, I'm very eclectic. So I've got very much 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and noughties. Um, yep. Not so much recent stuff anymore. But um, one of my That's favorite when you know albums. You're getting old. You don't like you don't look like the recent music. That's when you know you're getting old. What's this? What's this? Ignore that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, I listen, but I can tell you to what I list on my playlist quite a lot. So I have Muse quite a lot. So I listen to a bit of Muse, um, but I won't be able to pick a favorite album. But uh, a classic one which I do go back to is Battle of Hell, Meatloaf. Okay, I, I believe we've had Battle of Hell before, and I'm I can't have think we? Of it. I know who it is. I hope I'm remembering who? remembering this correctly, but I'm pretty <laughs> certain. I really hope I'm remembering this correctly, but I think I am because I feel very confident enough to say it, and I can always edit <laughs> it out later from wrong. Later I on. believe <laughs> I believe that Jackie Rock picked that out of hell. No, no, I'm telling I you, I, Jackie I'm like sh- album twins. <laughs> I think I'm telling you, I'm pretty certain that Jackie Rock picked that out of hell. I'm sure she did. It's a- it's I'm a great sure. album. I'm convinced. Just to let your hair down yeah. and just. I was going to say because the Muse album that might be great, great, uh, great, great band, but it might it might sort of get you down a bit, mightn't it? It might. It's a it bit, does get. I mean, it might this get is you why you need to listen to the playlist. You're on your own, aren't yeah. you? You know, you're on your own. Yeah, on that you kind album. of. <laughs> yeah, you you need to skip some of the skip some of the lesser known ones yeah. and just listen to the playlist with all the good ones on. But yeah, yeah. so there you go. I'll, I'll say Battle of Hell is ultimate album, mm-hmm. but listen to the playlist to a bit of Muse. Yeah, excellent. There you go. That's a bit of eclectic, yeah. isn't it for you? Yeah, lovely. Both, <laughs> like, but kind of both ends of a of a scale there. <laughs> what about a film? Actually, you know, you meant I, I get the sense that you was itching to tell me about a book you'd like to take. So I'm going to let you have a book. And then a film. Oh no! Okay. Oh no! Have you, more, I thought I'm there was a book more, you had in mind. There or, is, but I'm, it's only because I've read it quite a lot. Okay. Um, so I was going to say Pride and Prejudice. Okay. So um, a classic. I've, I have. Yeah, it's a classic. Mm. Um, but it's one that you can go back to, and each time you pick up something new. Um, and you can watch the TV series or the film with Kieran Knightley, and mm. and they're great. But there's just something more you get from the book. Sure. Um, and I think every time I do read it, I just think, oh, it's such a great book. Um, but I'm just trying to get through. I'm just, I'm going to, I've just, I've just finished Harry Potter's again, but I'm just, <laughs> I'm just going to, next one I'm going to read is Persuasion. So I do try and keep it, again, my book taste is very eclectic and probably, you can't mm-hmm. see the bookshelves, but there's quite a few round, yeah. roundabouts. Some of these are academic, but these on here are fiction. But um, yeah, definitely Pride and Prejudice. Okay, so, great. So, I'm going to ask you about what what film you would take now, and automatically I've got two two ideas of what this might be: Pride and Prejudice, <laughs> or, a, or a Harry Potter film. 
I don't know. Is it really well? I don't think the film the films just don't do the books justice. So we'll just okay. leave that there for everybody else yeah. to have a contemplate. But uh, I think it would have to be something um, ridiculously cheesy. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm thinking like Grease or Dirty Dancing or right. something which is just you can just put on and you don't have to watch, but you can just listen along in the background or you can just you know you can sit there and actually it's get a vibe film. so it's, it's a vibe it's, it's just on and it's in the background yeah. so one of those i'm not necessarily the, my favorite films but they're just something i can put on and not really yeah. pay attention to yeah i like that because you're thinking about what would suit being on a desert island <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Just like, you, you know there. what's a good desert island film yeah uh emma thanks Thanks for that. Thanks, thanks for those picks, including uh, I believe our first book pick we've had. I might actually there start. I might, I might start including that um, as well. So uh, thanks for that. That's that, that's great. It sounds like you got it all figured out in that Dead Island. Um, yeah, maybe. Hope you enjoy the rest of International Women's Day. Thank you very this much. Will going, and I... This will be going. Out. It's not. But we're not recording it on International Women's Day, but it'll be going out. No. Right? So just yeah. just for the. Just for audience effect, I wish you yes. a very good International Women's Day. And thank you yeah, very thank much. You for and finding you too. The time. <laughs> thank you for finding the time. And, and just a reminder that there is now um, the, the HSA Women's Network does have a dedicated page on the site that will be yeah. updated with various stuff. Already on there, you can watch a video replay of the inaugural meeting if you missed that at the time. And yeah, thanks again, Emma. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. And uh, I hope you can join me on the next episode of Supplycast. Bye.